The Feel Better Station for Warrington Hospital. This is Radio General. Now, the final hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson. It is the final hooter. It is on loverubilly.com. Thank you very much for Radio General and the sound of Warrington Hospital for letting me and Parky uh, use the equipment as we talk rugby league on this final hooter podcast for loverubilly.com. And how's, how's the sport been for you this last couple of weeks then, Aid? Uh, been alright, hasn't it? We've, it's given us things to talk about, isn't it? We've mm. had the continued um, failure of Toronto in Super League. Don't mention coronavirus. That's not hit rugby league, has it? Well, it has. It has, has. it? We're, we're not Catalans are playing behind closed doors, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. And then we've also got, uh, we've also got the small matter of... Uh, Another Canadian club coming into rugby league from next year, haven't we? Get your map out and let's see where we can go. Ottawa. Ottawa. I know, tremendous. Uh, are you saving up for that one? Potentially New York for the Challenge Cup next season. Yeah. A trip that's going to be the big apple. They're even sending the Challenge Cup away on a plane they're doing trip. The draw aren't they? of the next round of the Challenge Cup in New York. Yeah, are they sending uh, Sean Wayne over there? He seems to be doing all the draws at the minute, doesn't he, in rugby league? Bet Dave Woods is going over. <laughs> Possibly. I, I just wonder, does the Challenge Cup have a passport? Will it get a seat on the plane itself? Will it be allowed to happen now with this coronavirus knocking about? Well, I'm sure they could send the Challenge uh, Cup. Has the Challenge Cup been in Italy or France in the last couple of weeks? Uh, hopefully not, no. Mm. Okay, that's how, that's good news. <laughs> have you been Italy or France in the last couple of weeks? No, I haven't. Where have you been? Uh, I've been to, to Lee and Halifax, so that was, that was last weekend. <laughs> and then very the, glamorous. And then yeah. the weekend before, <laughs> I was in Lincolnshire, so it was the uh, the Women's Challenge Cup. It was uh, the Keithley Cougars ladies taking mm. on the Royal Air Force. Uh, Keithley winning out in that one by uh, 36 points. To 12. Well, I've been to the delights of Dewsbury. So, okay. There's no chance of a coronavirus no, in Dewsbury. Nothing happening in Dewsbury, man, though. No. What about last weekend? I was in Widnes and Warrington last weekend. Well, I know yeah. there's been some, you know, like dodgy chemicals in Widnes in the past, you know, maybe yeah. looking at its historical heritage, uh, but certainly nothing about the coronavirus in Widnes. No, nor in Warrington as well. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's where we've been. So, we're here talking rugby league on the fan of who's set. Um, podcast for loverubbly.com and then um, it's been the pick of the performances so far Toronto being terrible haven't they uh, they were terrible last week against Leeds that's for sure um, I think they're relying on home form aren't they <laughs> yeah but it's quite funny to get, them out, to get them out the hole that they're in they've now signed the Canadian who can, so they can say they've got a homegrown player alright ok so Quinn Naguata who uh, was a guy that was signed up for them I think in their inaugural season he's come back mm. um, and there is talk and I don't know whether it's been announced anywhere at the moment right. by the time you listen to this it may already have been announced of Gary Wheeler moving on now I have to say Gary Wheeler Gary got who? Gary Wheeler He's got to yeah. be the unluckiest... Gary injured, injured Wheeler. Yeah, he must be the unluckiest player in rugby league, in all honesty, because... Um, N- I, don't, no. I don't know whether he's managed to get anywhere near 100 appearances in his career yet. He's been going about 10 years, hasn't he, at the top yes. level? But, uh, as you alluded to, um, he sadly keeps getting injured. He does sort of six or seven games in a run. He had a couple of years at Warrington, didn't he, where he got about 12 or 13 appearances. Well, I think. you remember, he started at uh, Saints, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The big rumour... Uh, he's, he's heading back to St. Helens. Really? Mm, that'll be oh, an interesting okay. one, won't it? That'll be interesting. Uh, but we'll wait and see whether that's what the thinking of that is. Mm. 
Um, I, I tell you what, if you're a, if you're an outside back at St. Helens, you're going to be thinking, oh, why are they signing somebody? Why are they not picking me? Uh, although last weekend, I think they played Morgan Knowles out in the centre, which is oh, a, right, a, a okay. curious a curious move, isn't it? Mm. Um, who's impressed me? Yeah, go on. Who's impressed you? Who's impressed me? Well, I think that, you know, you've got to say Catalan Dragons. I know we've joked about the coronavirus a little bit, you know, and, and that type of stuff, but mm. they've got all this hanging over them. Yeah. They're going to be playing a game behind closed doors this weekend against Leeds. That's going to hit them in the pocket, that one. It certainly will, yeah, because they normally get seven, 8,000 at home, don't they? So, to so what, if you're a Leeds fan yeah. and you're, you've booked your accommodation and your flight, do you yeah. get your money back? I don't know, I suppose you'd have to Oh, either. you still got to go for a weekend and watch it in a bar on the telly? Well, oh, and you can't do it in France because they're not showing the game in France. You can't oh, see dear. it anywhere, can oh, you? Oh, dear. Uh, so, yeah, they'll just have to wait outside the stadium and ask anybody coming out a bit <laughs> afterwards, you know, <laughs> ask one of the players, how did you get on? Um, yeah. But, yeah, Catalans have impressed me. They've only played the four league games over the course of the season so far. They've won mm. three of them. Right. So, I know that they had a, a lot of issues over this last couple of years with regards to getting consistency in the performance but if you go off the first four games hey you can only do a little bit better than winning three of them can't you and you know who's impressed me at the start of the season go on Huddersfield Huddersfield have been great they big played. win against the St Helens in round six they've only played one game at home so far and they got flogged by Wigan in that one yeah but, uh, but yeah they've been know, top of the league and it's, it's our minute, man aren't they still it's our man Hale Caesar Who's oh really hell, doing, Caesar! Yeah, they're sitting third in the league at the moment mm. with uh, four wins and a four wins and a loss. Uh, they've only scored eighty-eight points though, so maybe point scoring is a, a little worry for them. But having said that, they've only conceded seventy-eight as well, so defence is certainly top of the priorities there for Simon Wolford. Uh, you're right, um, but I think that the arrival of of Aiden Caesar there just seems to have lifted that organisation to be much better than maybe even we were expecting. Uh, we mentioned uh, Toronto struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the team that might just about save them from uh, instant relegation back to the championship might be Hulkingston Rovers. They're having a shocking time. Uh, they are. It's mainly with injuries, isn't it, with Hulkingston Rovers? So yeah. the whole Mossy Masai thing going on, uh, and we do wish Mossy all his best in it. In recovery, um, you know, it's it's horrendous what he's going through, but they just seem to be picking up injury after injury. I was reading the match report from the game at the weekend against Wigan, and they added another four injuries to their injury list. Um, so they're dropping like nine pins at the moment, for as far as uh, Tony Smith is concerned. Mm. I think he's doing a good job there because they are staying competitive in a lot of the games. You look at it, they've scored eight, 84 points, they've conceded 169, uh, but they have been in games for a long period of time. So, yeah, I think that uh, times will improve for them. Hopefully, from a Lee perspective, and me putting my Lee hat on just for a second, oh, if you'll allow me, Lee, yeah. Put your Lee flat cap away, will you? Oh, oh go on, go on. But oh, It could be Lee's day in the cup this weekend. Could be. Yeah, I mean, they played them last year, so they'll know plenty about Hull Kingston right, over there. Put your flat cap back in the box. Fair enough, okay. We'll I'll, be, I'll wear my witness trilby for the rest of the show, okay? <laughs> we wear classy hats in witness. You know what? You're actually, you've, you've got you've even got a bit which says press on the side. Black you've, and white trilby hat I've got on. You've, you've sort of slipped it into the band that goes around the hat <laughs> as well. It says press on it. It's like one of those 1930s press. We're, we're on the Tim Sheen's Barmy Army bus. Okay. Uh, how much did it cost you to obtain a seat on that particular yeah, vehicle? Not much. Fair enough. Not much. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride with Tim Sheens as head coach at Woodness. Because mm. he's a very knowledgeable guy, isn't he? Mm, Been he there is. and done it. Uh, he's probably working with a few players he's, he, 
he hasn't got a clue about. But, Hang on, you know, he said, he's getting the best out of he him. He said this two weeks ago. He's had two more weeks to get used to him and to yeah. start asking, who are you when they're turning up for training? Mm. Uh, but I, I do get your point. So, you know, we, we've said before about him, uh, you know, working with um, some world-class talents over his 30-year uh, coaching career. Uh, in fact, it might be even be a little bit longer than that, that he's been in the coaching game, in all fairness. said to me once uh, at the start of the season, he, he was the first ever professional rugby league coach. Did he? He did. Mm, right, OK, that's an interesting yeah, one name. He might have been Wayne Bennett, but it's not Tim Sheens. The Sheen all beat him to it. Did he? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Widdenstrand's enjoying the ride with Mr Sheens at the helm. Can I add another team who's had a horrendous start to the season? Go on. Uh, Salford. Yeah, have, haven't they? Not, uh, not, not hit the heights of last season, have they? But when they've lost 10 of last season's grand final team, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's been such a churn there at Salford. There's been brand new players coming in. Um, uh, but I even get the the impression that Ian Watson is starting to get a little bit fed up of his side losing. Mm. Uh, I think he was a much happier coach last season. Um, and I hope that they can turn it around because I, I, I like Ian Watson as a coach. Um, I like the way that he structures his sides. I like the way that they play. Uh, but they just need to turn around this uh, this run of results, which has only seen them pick up one win from the first six. Uh, one team that's been hit and miss this season, it's got to be said, is Warrington Wolves. Yeah, they've been uh, doing the business at home and uh, not turning up away from home, have yeah. they? Yeah, well, they've shown it against Leeds a fortnight ago where they absolutely stank the place out. Uh, to be honest they were looking uh, to get but, nil in that one weren't but, they yeah, but got back to winning ways with a hard fought victory against Castleford Tigers who've, who've impressed me at the start of the season to be honest yeah they have they have uh, I think the two young halfbacks that they've got over at Casa have been gelling particularly well uh, but for me it was a bit of a strange game on Friday night over at Warrington because I, I, I got the feeling that neither side really wanted to play much rugby it was one of those games where a coach would be really happy with it because completion rates were up there and you know passes tended to stick but for me I want to be entertained a little bit more and I got the feeling that you know both sides were a little bit nervous for some reason didn't really want to chuck the ball around um, and as a result didn't really get too far upfield and had to rely on the big fellas bashing the heck out of each other uh, and then a certain drop goal at the end didn't they? Yeah and uh, it just proved um, that I think rugby league players can't take drop kicks anymore <laughs> I don't know how many, how many was it that were missed about five or six? I lost count there was that many of them but uh, yeah some terrible uh, drop kicks it's got to be said tell you what uh, the Austin though came up with he, a trump he came up with trumps eventually real good one at the end didn't he Danny Richardson's from shocking oh yeah he had one or two which were real flappers as Absolutely well didn't he shocking um, but after the game our man John Law was caught up with uh, an interesting guy within the world of rugby league it's Tom Lynham Tom after last week's disappointment uh, playing winning tonight and in such dramatic fashion must be a great feeling yeah obviously we were very bitterly disappointed after last week uh, obviously to get beat in the manner that we did um, completely blown away in every department Leeds have recruited very well they've got a really good spine they played flat and fast, they, they did everything we wanted to do um, they tackled harder, ran harder shifted the ball, scored some really good tries and you know, completely embarrassed us so we had uh, a couple of firm words um, early on in the week and we said you know, we need to work hard we need to turn this around, we've not got a, a finger pointing culture here, take a look at yourself individually, we weren't good enough collectively we weren't good enough and we had to do something about it it wasn't necessarily the most prettiest game from both sides but Cass are a top team again that you know no one no one shifts the ball like them they're a really really well coached team you know it's really exciting players so to keep them to eight points 
we're buzzing with that. Defensively, that was a rock solid performance. You know, we did really well. I didn't actually score a try, did it? It was it was a bizarre decision that, wasn't it? A few things went against us, obviously. The Daz Clark in the corner. Tommy put it through his legs, gives it to Daz. Double move at the corner. Blake Austin's pass over the top. I've seen them. They're not. I've seen them giving. I did the, a miles further forward pass to Kaz Widdop against Wakefield. So, but we stuck at it. We stuck at it. Battle of the worst drop goal. Um, <laughs> and then eventually, the third time lucky, we nailed it. So, really pleased with that. And it's obviously week six. We're three from six. Still being at home. Um, we can take a lot of pride from that. But going forward, tough game against uh, LFC, who are in equally same position as us. And uh, we need to back it up that next week. With Steve's emphasis in the week on playing for pride and really uh, getting stuck in this week, because yeah. it, well, Leeds really overran you in the middle last oh, week. In every department, they were much mm-hmm. better. And uh, obviously, the fans booed it in the game. Rightly so. Like, you know, that was. I don't think I've ever been nil since I've been here. And Warren's a big club. And, you know. People are recruited here, and you, you've got there's an expectation on you to deliver, and we did not deliver in, in any way, shape, or form. So we we had to respond, and we responded really. Well. I'd be really concerned if we'd not responded in the manner we did. I thought our forwards were aggressive, showed intent today, and you know, you know, we're really physically and aggressive. And on the back, we played with it and created opportunities, and we'll keep building on that. Defense wins games, and that's the most important thing. When our defense was really good today. What were you thinking there out on the wing when the drop goalathon was happening? Did Blake had a few. Goals, Gareth Whitaker had a well, goal, Richardson you, had some goals for Castleford. It was two years ago, Richardson, um, he nailed however many in. Was it semi final? He kept nailing them yeah. against us. He like three in a game, so I know he can do them. Yeah, he's a brilliant kicker. And so I was surprised when he didn't miss. And uh, and then Blake, he's here he is now, Blake Austin, third time lucky, earning the money. <laughs> so yeah, I oh, know, sorry, yeah, it's his second, guys, with it. Had a, had a goal, didn't he? Um, but yeah, obviously buzzing when it went over, absolutely buzzing. What do you think of Golden Point, by the way? You played your oh. Golden Point in the 80 minutes today. That's yeah. a novelty. Well, I was tired enough. I've got five aside on Sunday. I've got to save a bit of that. I didn't want to be going into Golden Point. <laughs> Just place you know you can do five aside on um, Sunday. He does now. He's on the radio. <laughs> he won't mind. I need to practice when I go down the wind, chipping the fullback anyway. So my five aside will help my, my, my rugby. I'm effectively, I'm a five aside player playing rugby league. One last question, Tom. Cool. Struggling for consistency out here at Warrington. Yeah. Are you hoping that this win is the springboard for that going forward to next week? We've got a poor away record, haven't we, currently? We've not a one um, away, and there'll be no uh, no better way than going over to the dark side hull. Not the prettiest of cities. Get in there, get the job done, get win two points and get back out of there, eh? Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league, this is the final hooter on Radio General. Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league, this is the final hooter on Radio General. Interesting interview with Tom Lyon and what was he on? Uh, was he on the um, the winning liquid? I think he was just happy. Maybe he was happy. Maybe, maybe he'd already had a you know a pint of beer or something at that particular stage mm. when our man John Lawless caught up with him. Um, but very happy. I love the bit where he uh, he seemed to grab Blake Austin in the middle of the interview and said, "Here he is, the winner." Uh, and then also saying about um, about being a five-a-side football player in a rugby player's body. I did quite like that. So um, yeah, he's one of the most entertaining interviewees at the moment. He was on after the game on Sky actually. All right, okay. Uh, and didn't equally. Um, I won't say bizarre because it wasn't a bizarre, but it was it was entertaining interview. I found that he was more entertaining with those comments than the actual game. In all honesty, yeah, it wasn't a great game, was it? It was physical, but game wise, and... no, I don't, I don't think so. And yet, both coaches seem to be happy with it. 
Uh, one of the questions John Lawless threw at him was uh, about the golden point. How did he feel about it? And it just reminded me there was a game settled by a golden point, and that was Hull FC against Wakefield. There was. Guess who settled it? Who? Sneed. Mark Sneed. Mark Sneed dropping okay. a goal from about 40 metres for uh, for Hull. Um, they actually had to win this game twice, did Hull, because they were leading by 20 points to six at half-time. They okay. put a really good first-half performance together, and then in typical Hull style, um, they let it slip, and it ended up almost being a loss. So they get it back to 26-all, and up steps Sneed a minute and a half into extra time uh, to claim both points. Uh, but yeah, a good result. Probably one that relieves the pressure somewhat uh, on just want, Mr. Just, Radford. Just when they cleared up um, Tom Lynham's comments about the dark side of Hull and not it not being a did he say pretty city? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to distance myself from that. I mean, we've got nothing to do with that, Tom. <laughs> it'd be inter- it'd be, he'll get an, an, an interesting reception tomorrow night when he goes there, won't he? By the way, I love going to Hull. So I like I going to Hull. I just Both make, sides of the river, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. I, I've been all over that city, you know, to some of the uh, so, some of the amateur grounds as well, and I've always had a warm welcome. Mm. So, yes, we're, we're going to distance ourselves from uh, Tom's comments there. Uh, you mentioned pressure on coaches. Is the pressure on coaches already? I believe there should be. I think, that, I think that race naturally, isn't there? You know, and then some of them are carrying like bits of a hangover, aren't they, from previous previous years? Because if you if you look at Warrington, okay, they got the win, but it's only something like their fourth win in twenty games, um, which, generally speaking, would put you under pressure. Uh, I wonder if anything was said to Steve Price after the the, the Leeds defeat. Uh, what by the by the board? Yeah. Hmm. That'd be an interesting one, but and Lee Radford. We, well, we've said it ourselves. <laughs> it, when it goes wrong at Hull, he's he's got to be close to the exit door. Yeah, but you've said it more than one, I have on more than one occasion. I do apologise, Lee. Yeah, okay. And his side keep getting him out of the out of the mire, don't they? They yeah, seem to just somehow. turn it round and win. Um, but you know, some people have thrown the accusation that he's living on borrowed time though because of the two cup wins because they haven't really achieved that much in the last two years have they no well so anyway we're on about uh, pressure uh, at this stage in the season on, on coach let's hear rather than me and you talk about it let's hear from Darrell Powell when he was asked that exact same question you know, different, clubs are different aren't they you know, different clubs um, obviously these boys have spent a bit of money Hull have spent a bit of money they've both got one point wins tonight so so for them it's uh, it's great for the opposition coaches not is it but you know, that's the, the world that we live in really is you know you, you get put under pressure if you lose uh, a few games and you know Fans expect you to to win every week, don't they? They want to, you want you to win every week, and it's not it's not possible. But um, yeah, it is at times. I think it is at times. You know, it's um, you live in a world where you know winning and losing is the really fine margins, and you can you can do every single thing that that you can throughout the week, and come the weekend it doesn't work out for whatever reason, and. Um, yeah, absolutely nothing to do with the coach, um, but that's rugby league, that's sport in general, and it's it's a tough um, it's a tough job to do at times. Here you go, you get a lot of scrutiny, but you know I think every coach will say that they they know how to live with it. It doesn't really get to you; you just push it off. But 
Um, it's t- yeah, I'm sure it's it's been a, a tough place to be over the last couple of weeks. You've got to be thick-skinned to be a coach, haven't you? You do, and uh, it was interesting because I think in our last episode, I spoke with uh, Craig Lingard about going back to Batley as a Batley great as a player yes. um, and going on and sampling the other side of it because we, we all saw what scrutiny Kieran Cunningham in particular had of over course. at St Helens yeah. you know he, he'd won so many things as a player everybody just expected it to continue as a coach uh, but like Daryl said there you can you can train as hard as anything you can put plans in place you can have everything going right and then suddenly you're up against a team that is just that slightly better than you on the night and the result goes the other way. Uh, so I suppose we always have a winner and we always have a loser in rugby league, don't we? I totally agree with what he says. It all depends on the club. Because if you look at Leeds Rhinos, uh, they, they seem to get a fire of coach off the minute it goes wrong. Uh, yeah, although they've shown quite a bit of patience. Yeah, with Richard Agar. Because, I mean, he... he give him half a season, well, three quarters of last season and the start of this season. So, yeah. yeah, he's doing okay. He ended up holding the baby there, didn't he, really? Because uh, Dave Ferner had gone in at the start mm. of last season. I thought that they got rid of Ferner way too soon, in all honesty. Eight you know, games. You, you don't really get a chance to implement much in eight no. games in, in all fairness so I didn't think he was given a, a fair crack of the whip at the time um, but yeah I'm glad that they're showing a lot more patience with Richard Agar and he's rewarding them isn't he because you look at where they are in the table they've started to put some consistency together they're starting mm. to put points on teams uh, and you could arguably say they're the form and best team in Super League at the moment aren't they I'll tell you you might be a bit nervous Tony Smith because Hawkinson Rovers the chairman Mr. yeah Mr Hudgel Mr. Hodge, he, he gets quite twitchy when it doesn't go his way, doesn't he? He can then blame the coach for it. Um, he has done a couple of times because there was all that with Tim Sheens, wasn't there? And then Tony Smith, Chris went Chester in there. as well. Chris he, Chester, he he's made a change there as well. However, um, I don't believe that he's under as much pressure because. I don't think there's that much expected of Hull Kingston Rovers this year. Because ah, right, okay. if you look at if you look at the transfer policy that they had adopted as a club, they brought a lot of young players in. Uh, they brought some players who hadn't played Super League before or guys who hadn't played Super League in a while. Um, you know, lads who's been bit parts at other, other clubs. Um, and they're moulding it together. And I think if you look at certainly the last two games, I know they've lost them both, but they've been very competitive for like up to an hour in those. Um, and they've just got to get that last 20 minutes right for me. And to be honest with you, there's not just pressure on coaches in Super League. I think there's a few coaches outside the Super League that are under a bit of pressure this year as well. Certainly at Toulouse. Yes, yeah, Sylvan Hules, um, you know, he's expected to get promotion this time round, isn't he? John Duffy will John have Duffy the same thing. John the same pressure, won't he? Um, um, I, Simon Finnegan at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, they've gone out there and they've said they want to be a Super League club and, and, and be in in the top division by 2030 yeah. so you know they've got to get a move on haven't they really because they're in that third tier at the moment so I asked a question I think we've answered it I think yeah there is pressure on coaches at this, start, uh, this period of the season yeah and, and I think as well it's at both ends of a table isn't it you mm. know because even the guys the new guy going in at West Wales you know he'll be under a bit of pressure um, although they're not expected to do a great deal um, there is still always pressure because if you just end up with a load of losses against your name as a coach you become almost unemployable don't you Right, next round, the Super League starts very shortly. Uh, who's playing who? Uh, OK, so this weekend in the Super League, it's Hull against Warrington. That's going to be a cracker, isn't it? The two of the under-pressure clubs up against each other, as we've just been talking about. Yes. Uh, Friday, you see Salford against Wigan. Is it Salford or Salford, as the Aussies say? It's always Salford to Salford. an Aussie, isn't it? Salford. Yeah. Salford. Um, Saturday, uh, would have seen... 
uh, Catalan Dragons versus Leeds in front of a big crowd. Now we're not going to see it in front of any crowd. No. Um, so I'll be re- relying on results of that one coming through, mm. as I'm sure will all the travelling support. Uh, Castleford Tigers taking on St. Helens on a rare Sunday, half past three kickoff. Yeah, that's one of the stadiums where Castleford always seems to have the better of either Saints or Wigan. They do, they do. It's, no um, matter how badly they may be playing, how well the opposition they're playing, Castle always seems to turn up against them two teams at home. It is one of those grounds, though, where teams you the, the fans are on top of you, aren't they? You know, yeah. so they can make a heck of a difference. You know, they can really get in at the ref and mm. get in at the touch judges and start to win a couple of those crucial calls and penalties. You know, by shouting forward very enthusiastically when the passes go out from dummy half and things like that. So, you know, it is one of those, and I certainly think that uh, you know that's going to be a cracker, isn't it? Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league. This is the final hooter on Radio General. Stepping away from Super League, it's, it's the Challenge Cup this weekend, isn't it? And uh, the, the, the teams that are left are fighting for the right to play the rest of Super League. Yeah, it certainly is. And at the time we're recording this, we don't know what's going on between Whitehaven and Dewsbury. That's the the uh, round up in uh, the last game of round four, I should say, for who will go up to play Newcastle at the weekend. We've also got Toronto up against Huddersfield Giants, which we know nothing about at the time we're recording this. Uh, round five, I suppose that we can talk about uh, goes ahead on Friday we've got Featherstone against Hunslet Hunslet will be hoping to cause a bit of an upset there but Featherstone have been playing pretty well so far this season we've got Wakefield Trinity at home to Bradford Bulls the Bulls have been pretty solid as, as well in the championship but they've only won two out of the first four but I suppose when you consider they've had the whole rigmarole of leaving uh, Oddsall behind and trying to put a team on the pitch they're, they're starting to find the feet I feel uh, then on Sunday there is potential for an upset here. Hull Kingston Rovers against Lee Centurions. The two came up against each other last year and it took a try after 72 minutes by Hull KR to win it. What do you reckon in that one? Oh, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Because Hull KR are doing it tough in terms of numbers, injuries, not playing well in the league. Lee, oh gosh. Well, you know, as well, Lee only needed 12 men to beat Halifax last yeah. week. They actually played 10 minutes with 11 men because Adam Higson got himself simbined as well. You know what? I'm going to say a Lee victory. Are you? Are yeah, you? I'm putting your money on, on me money on you lot. Uh, no, you're putting your. I'm putting my lobby p- on you lot. You're putting my money on that lot. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. Newcastle Thunder, they'll face off the winners against uh, Whitehaven and Dewsbury. Sheffield Eagles against Workington. Do you think there's potential for a bit of an upset there? What, Workington to beat Sheffield? It yeah. might do. I mean, Sheffield have, haven't really got going so far this season. They've only yeah. got one win from the first five. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Widnes against Swinton. Swinton always play an entertaining brand of rugby. Right, Widnes against Swinton. Where's your money oh, going Witness. there? You see, I don't know. I don't know because, you know, Swinton train on a 3G pitch as well. Oh, Interestingly enough. Stuart Little's men might do the job then. Mm. And York City Knights are under a bit of pressure as well. What's it's all going, going wrong with York? There. What's, yeah. happened, what's happened to them? They're up against Matt Callan's Rochdale Hornets, who again seem to be adding players every single week. The other week they signed uh, Martin Ridyard on loan. Who's the four, four games in, into the Championship? York will be bottom without a win. You wouldn't, have looked, you wouldn't have thought it. I mean, they've actually recruited some really good players there you know yeah. Jimmy Kynos with a load of Super League games under yeah. his belt um, you know a couple of other lads as well Chris Clarkson's there now um, and Washbrook Danny Washbrook um, and they they played okay against Leeds the other week mm. but um, 
yeah, they're, they're really struggling to score points. They've only scored 26 points in four games so far this year. So uh, there's definitely a couple of issues there, isn't there? Uh, we mentioned Woodens against Swinton. Let's hear from Matthew Smith after Woodens got back to winning ways. Lost that to Dewsbury the week before. Uh, ended up ended up uh, the week out seeing off the challenge of White Avenue. Made a pretty decent game of it, to be honest. It was obviously an ugly win for us. Um, I felt, you know, first ten minutes we probably started the game reasonably well. I think, you know, Whitehaven come to spoil the party. They, they, they obviously come in and thought they, you know, they was going for the result. So I mean, it was always going to be tough that first opening period. But mm. I just thought we, we we give away soft penalties, we give away a soft field position. You know, sixty one percent completion first half, which is you know nowhere near what, where we should be. But so we, we give them quite a lot. But having said that, I thought you know Whitehaven showed up as well and they were here mm-hmm. to play. So, um, but yeah, we were. Disappointed with that first half display, and um, you know, fixed a few things at half time. And I thought second half we looked more, you know, rounded as a team. And um, but yeah, you know, there's lots of things to work on. Obviously, this time of the season, and uh, we need to be better. Situations can change a game round, I suppose, when they let the kick out go over, over on the phone. The yeah. scores seem to turn it in witnesses' favour. Yeah, yeah, there was stuff like that. I mean, there, there was three times when we we had the ball the first three times of the half we got through in touch three times I mean that you just can't be doing stuff like that you know you need to find the floor if if you're going out into touch and, and um, you know and you, you, we need to be a bit smarter than what we're being at the minute and you know that comes with games but it comes with you know boys playing more and more together so I think you'll you'll see you know a better performance next week I think we'll fix a few things in the week and hopefully we can perform a lot better than what we did today most Danny Craven ahead of today's game. How much of a blow was that in in terms of the match? Obviously, a, you know, a blow. I mean, Danny's a, a fantastic player. Um, he's, he's he's been great for us this opening period of the of the season. You know, we're going to miss him now for a, a, a few weeks, and, and the boys that will come in his place will do a great job. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Lyons at the back's fantastic. Jack Owens, our skipper, you know, turns up every week, does a fantastic job. So, it, you know, it just it's going to take a couple of games again to get, get that kind of consistency playing with each other. But I'm sure we'll. We'll get that in the next couple of weeks, and um, but yeah, Danny's a massive loss. You know, great player, and uh, I'm sure we'll get him back. You know, sooner rather than later. After what happened that Tuesday last week, it was important to get back to winning ways today. Yeah, that's it. That, I mean, two points is two points in it, and um, although we're not happy with the you know 80 minute performance, I thought we looked good in certainly go, look good in parts. But I think that was a talk at the end. You know, we need to be better for the for the full game, and, and need to be a bit more consistent than what we've been at the minute. When pushing the top five, so you're not in a bad position. No, no, I mean. You know, we're, we're happy. I think we're, where we're at at the minute, but we know that there's a lot of a lot of games to go and a lot of improvement in us as well. So, um, and the games the next few weeks are going to be tough. I mean, we, we've got obviously got the cup next week, but we go away to Sheffield and then you know we play Toulouse at home, which mm-hmm. is going to be a great test as well. But you know, it doesn't get any easier for us. But I'm sure we'll keep working hard, and, and you know, Tim keeps us working as hard in, in training, and, and we'll improve. Five games into the championship season, it's looking like it's going to be another competitive season. Yeah, there's some great teams, isn't there? And um, you know, you can't really call. I don't think the, the top five this year. I think um, you know the way everyone started. There's been there's been some surprises. You know, some some blowout scores, but um, some tight games as well. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough tough season for for everyone. I'm sure it'll be close coming the end of the year. 
have you found stepping down from Super League to the Championship? I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's you know it's great. I mean, as, you know, obviously we don't don't train as much, but you know the, the contracts I've signed here has allowed me to, to stay full time in terms of not having to get a job and, and, and being able to train on my own. So uh, I thought that was important. If I was going to do that, I wanted to try and keep the the kind of fitness level of, of maybe Super League. So it's um, you know for me, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's a club that I've been at before. The lads are fantastic, and, and yeah, I, I think you can see that I've I have got a smile on my face. But for me. Again, Again, you know, it's about improving, and you know, I need to be better than what I was today. And I think as a team, we need to be better. So uh, we'll keep working hard, and hopefully, keep improving and, and keep, you know, get to where we want to be. Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league. This is the final hooter on Radio General. Great to see guys who made a name in Super League still wanting to enjoy the rugby league and step down into the championship. Uh, yeah, it is, and you know he's he's one of the good guys, isn't he, Matt he is. Smith? He's had a really good career. I was going to say an interesting career, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it has been an interesting career for him because it looked like it were all going a bit awry for him, didn't it? Then he he got it back on track, had that really successful spell at uh, at Wigan, mm. where he ended up being a, a Super League winner. Um, but yeah, good to see him back at Witness. And he, to be fair. I think he's always looked at home at Widnes when he's been there on on loan before. It, he's, it just looks like it's a good fit between player and player and club, doesn't it? Yeah, he's had his first share of clubs, hasn't he? Saint Helens, Salford, um, Celtic Crusaders. Yeah, then you, you had Catalans, Catalans in, uh, in Warrington. Uh, Warrington. That loan spell. Yeah, Salford. Did he go Salford? He did. Yeah, you've already you mentioned him. That's, mention that's the third time you mentioned Salford. him. Salford. It's, it's starting to sound like a Peter K. Salford. <laughs> Salford. And anyway, reminiscing about Salford. I can tell. I can tell. You, you're starting to think <laughs> about the Willows, aren't you? Oh, anyway, I'm about the Willows, yes. I know. I know. We took. Uh, a li- I, I bet you Salford wishes he could go back there to the Willows. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Um, one guy. You, or one team that won't be going to the Willows. Who's that? Uh, it's none other than Ottawa. Ottawa Aces. I know we mentioned him at the start of the show, didn't we? we? Did. And we're sort of like jesting a little bit. Um, Get your atlas out. What do you make of them coming in? Let's have a little bit of a serious chat while we've got a couple of minutes. Okay, um, I'm going to say the same thing what, what I've said about Toronto when they were first introduced into rugby league. How, how long is it going to hang about for? Uh, it is an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. One that neither of us have the answer to. No. Uh, secondly, why on earth don't they just take the money? What money they've got as a club? Okay. Because obviously he's, he's a wealthy man. He's the same guy. Mr. Perez is the man who originally set up Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's obviously got a lot of money to throw at it, so why doesn't he, rather than introduce another Canadian team into a British-based uh, rugby, uh, uh, British-based sport, mm-hmm. why doesn't he try and develop the game in Canada and use his money that way? I don't it, get it. It seems like you get more reward if you did do it that way. I mean, I know yeah. we're thinking of it in a, a slightly different manner, aren't we? You know, but you'd think get a league going over in the country where you're looking to foster the interest in first you of think all think about it in the 50s yeah. uh, Australia Australia used to play the rugby league strictly in Sydney right okay and it, it slowly expanded um, during the what late 70s and the 80s yeah I'm old. I mean to be, to be fair it, they always had like games in Queensland but I know what you're getting at because it was regionalised wasn't it yeah, so it was only so played in pockets in Australia why doesn't he do that why doesn't he do what they did in Australia and just have it in, in one city then develop it that way maybe they want instant results but I mean 
I don't know, having heard what I've heard about this Ottawa team at the moment, they're only basing their, their sums on 3,000 crowds, which seems to be a, a bit more realistic, doesn't it? Getting 3,000 3, people mm. through a gate. Um, so is it going to be the same setup when Toronto came into League One? They're going to pay for all the clubs to go over there? I, I haven't really read that from what's been out there, but right. I would be hoping that would be something like that, because you're going to have to have lads who will be you know, booking time off work to having to go over of and course. play, and they'll need a bit of time together to get used to training and to acclimatise, won't they? Uh, at least they'll have a Canadian derby at some point. <laughs> uh, I, I saw the two. That's if Toronto are still around by the time Ottawa get into Super League. I actually saw the two clubs. If you get there, by the way. I actually saw the two clubs bantering on Twitter because, yeah, Ottawa Aces have now set up a Twitter account. Okay. Um, and they've already been doing a bit of banter work with uh, the Toronto Wolfpack. So, right. yeah, at some point they are going to meet, aren't they? Because it's just inevitable. Yeah. Be interesting, that one, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? But uh, as I've said elsewhere, I'd love it if this Ottawa side was actually based in Ottawa and it's not just Rochdale's second team on tour, mm. which it sometimes feels with this whole... Well, if, tour, if you remember, it? they bought the, uh, the, the Hemel Stags franchise uh, to allow them to set this up. They did. I'm a bit gutted that we we're not seeing Hemel Stags anywhere yeah. again. Um, Shame, isn't it? Because they were around for a long time. They were, they were. They did a lot of development work as well, introduced so many different players to mm. rugby league in that area. And I just feel that we've sacrificed that, really, in some regard. Um, maybe chasing a Canadian dream, but uh, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, not just uh, chasing a Canadian dream. It looks like they're chasing a North American dream because you know, New York in the Challenge Cup next season, the draw the next round is going to take place in New York so potentially uh, a North American invasion into the heartlands of rugby league could be happening uh, yeah, and, and if it works, brilliant, but I'm not convinced it will by dropping teams into an already established mm. league. Um, I, I just don't see how that would work. It's I know people said this about you know uh, New Zealand Warriors and the NRL, but that was different. You know, um, they developed players that were they were or they were developing players that were good enough for NRL rugby anyway. Um, you know, where we could be talking 10, 15 years until we start getting regular players through. Well, it is different because they play rugby league in New Zealand, so they got a steady influx. <laughs> Plays, That's true. They? That is true. Yeah. They haven't got that in Canada at the minute. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. Whether they're still around in five years' time, who knows? Who knows? Who, who knows, knows indeed? But we'll be around in two weeks' time when we come back with the next instalment of the final hooter yeah to take us out i caught up with Stuart Pryor. he is the manager of the lion hearts so uh, here is our conversation where we talked about players being selected from the northwest men's league the Yorkshire men's league and the midlands and south competitions we'll see you Stuart, we met last year. Um, you're in charge of the uh, the lion hearts program it's all up and running for 2020 how's it going it's it's going well uh, if I'm being really honest, um, better than I, than I thought it would be. It is a little slow because you can't deal with three different uh, sections of, of rugby league. When I don't mean sections, I mean areas like the North West, Yorkshire and the South. They've all got their own little traits and nuances. Um, some are easier to deal with, some are, are a little bit more testing. But uh, generally, it's, it's going well. I bet that's quite interesting, that, isn't it? Sort of speaking to people from all different parts of the country. I mean, you know, you, you've been involved in rugby league for a long time, haven't you, Stuart? I've been involved in rugby league from a community perspective since probably 1999. Uh, I played rugby league a long time ago, uh, in the 80s. Uh, I spent my middle years, unfortunately, stuck, stuck with the IAS. Um 
and then yeah, then I came back. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see the variety that we've got in rugby league. Um, you, you know, the 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 way that they visualise the game very straight is, is quite different to the visualise in the northwest and in the Yorkshire. Um, and, and their focus is, is slightly different to what we are up here as well. So we, we guess they've got more numbers. They've got a lot less than straight, but nevertheless, you know, the outcomes are always the same. Okay, okay. Um, and, and this year there's been a, a change in some of the coaching staff, hasn't there? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, there was a change in the coaching staff and then we didn't go into too much detail. We, we, we chose one where an alternative coach to come in and then his, uh, his father took ill. And given the, uh, the severity of the illness, he, he decided to step down. And Whoever's in charge this year, we're going to get one year at it. So I decided to stick with the temporary coach in the northwest, uh, which is Sean and, and John. Uh, but I promoted John to head coach and, and made Sean his understudy to give John the, uh, the opportunity to, to be head coach. Nice he wasn't there. He'll come back in, in 2022 because there'll be nothing in 2021. Uh, but he'll come back in, in 2022 and, and pick up the mantle from there. Um, in Yorkshire, they've got the same two coaches from last year because they're that was their procedure did it. Uh, that's Craig Oliver and Anthony Green, and then down south we've got Glenn Turman, uh, Gareth Barron, and Matthew Border. Yeah, yeah. Which are three different coaches completely. So yeah. So, so when you're looking after, in essence, what is, I suppose, three different areas, um, you know, as part of this program, how, how's everyone going forward, or what, what's, does it all come together as one? Is that what you're hoping for, come uh, at some point? There'll be no team born from the three sections. They are all individual sections. Uh, we will be having some crossover games. Uh, the by no means a competition. The by no means for, for any trophies or any you know, uh, bragging rights, although people will claim it. Uh, it's purely a fundraising exercise for them. Uh, so the South are coming up to the Northwest. The Northwest are going over to Yorkshire, and Yorkshire are going down South. And they'll all put a gate on to try and get some revenue in. Um, but yeah, it, ultimately, it all comes together as we, we've all got teams and structures in place and, and whatnot. And as I mentioned before, there is a more difficult than some. I'm struggling in Yorkshire getting staff, getting the adequate staff to fill the positions. Oh, really? I, I'm inundated with positions for the North West. I'm inundated with positions for the South, but yeah, it's, I'm sure going to look a bit in Yorkshire. That, that's quite surprising, isn't it? You know, when we hear about all the all the clubs. I mean, I think the Yorkshire Men's League this year has got um, something like eighty or ninety teams in it, hasn't it? So it's quite surprising that that that's uh, been a difficulty, really. Yeah, I, I think. Again, I think I said to the top of the shop, I've got a big test of the stock man. It's not a critique, but everybody wants to be the coach or the team manager. Nobody wants to do the other legwork. And, uh, you know, again, I'm trying to put words into people's way, but, you know, we all have this vision of of a Yorkshireman doesn't like to spend money. And uh, and it's quite true. (laughs) I've said that honestly and and jokingly. but it is a little thing. So, like for example, the the physios that go on to us, you know, they pay for themselves to go. They're yeah. all self-funded, and primarily a lot of them people. That's their profession as well. And physiotherapists and, and people like that are normally self-employed. So when they go on a tour for a week, they're not only having to take a week off work, they're having to pay somebody to cover them for work, and then pay to do the tour suits. It's only fair they say, "Well, can you pay for me?" 
Mm. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's a sport where we, you know we've got very limited funding in terms of of paying for people to go on tours. Now we do try to make arrangements for them, which we are doing, but that takes away the, the, the pool of people who can go. Mm. So we can't go on a tour with a professional person. Uh, so we've got to do some creativity with the finances to ensure that they get a little bit of uh, help along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned there about uh, about touring. So what what is the plan at this moment in time regarding touring this year? So the line out of the programme is all about reward and recognition. So it's not about being the best player, but they do generally tend to come out of, of being the best player, whatever it, what a footballer. Um, so the Northwest uh, are going to the Czech Republic. Uh, the South are going uh, on a bus journey to Holland and Germany, and the Yorkshire League are off to Serbia. So all them squads are now in place. There's 22 players in each squad, and uh, they go uh, August and September. Right, year. okay. And, plan- and that is realistically what the line out is. It is about a touring opportunity. Although, as I said, 2021 is no tour this World Cup year. We want to get as many people coming to this country to secure into us. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put some events and over here, some games and over here, and we'll still do the line-outs next year, but it'll be in this country. I was going to say as well, because, like, um, with, with, as you've already mentioned, next year being World Cup year, uh, I suppose that would mean that, you know, the Lion Arts would be available for things like warm-up games and that, would it, for some of the other participating nations and such like? They are by this is the answer and the answer very much so. Um, what level of competition they're going to, or what level of ability they're going to be at is is not known. Mm. Um, so, again, we've got, you've got teams coming over like Jamaica, but because we pick the heritage players, that team then becomes a quite a, a strong team. Mm. As you know, we went to Jamaica last year and yeah, they played the regional players or the local players, which was quite a good competition. But all of a sudden, you know, you pick up all the heritage players which play, primarily play in Super League or, or Championship over there. We might not be strong enough for them then. So it might be that the Lions, uh, the teams Lions pick up on that, which is obviously the level above us. Mm. Uh, and they might pick up a few warm-up games. But you, you never say never, you know, you do, again, you do get these teams coming over what might want to have that West End uh, second string and and just give them some opposition. So I've been pushing for it. Let's put it that way. Uh, the good thing is, though, it sounds like you're in you're in conversation with other people as well, though. So I mean, that's that that that's always good because you know you you do hear these stories with regards to uh, the, the the separate, if you like, representative sections of the game, not maybe speaking as freely as maybe they should do. So it sounds like you you know your doors open for having that those conversations. I abide by the CBG and CBG is the Community Board International Group, uh, of which all the constituent bodies sit around there. Uh, so it is ourself, the police, the students, the teachers, and, and bar, as well as the RSL. Uh, we also train that table. And, and realistically, CBG is a conduit where everybody should go through. Yeah. And if you go through that conduit, then, you know, the, the guys who are running the programme, because obviously, although I'm a volunteer lead on, on the Latin Arts, there is an overarching management from the RFL and they will always feed down who can go where, when and why. And, and yeah, it, it is a little bit of a frustration when other constituent bodies within the sport decide to just go and do their own thing. 
because there are there is a calendar in place, you know, there is a big structure in place, and and actually myself, I, I have thoughts that have been all around the world, as have a few other people within the sport, and you do get to to see these people, they do contact you to to do the games. Well, I'll then put it back into the group to say that this there's a fixture here. Who wants to play him? You know, or that'll come down from somebody else who wants to play him, but I'll put it in there. And, and then I'll mean, get the game, you know, for my area or for one of my line house teams, but also we'll show it. So, classic example last year, the Northwest Men's League should have been going to Wales. Right, okay. For the Welsh Dragonettes. Communicated with Alan Davis at the RFL. He said, Milan Fire on that. He said, Germany come across. He said, and they want to play in that grand final there. Does Northwest not want to play Germany at Lee? Because obviously it's local to them, and the Southern Lionheads don't play well, and that's how it manifested. Yeah, yeah. Um, because earlier on in that year, Serbia had been over, and Yorkshire had already played them. So you know that was. If, if I was just doing it myself, when I said no, I'm doing this myself, and I'm going to Wales. Uh, but in reality, that was the best outcome for everybody because it, geographically, it, it was more commercially sensible to do that. And in honesty, we saw two great games as well, didn't we? We did, uh, and. To refer, and I know we've not gone into it, I don't want to start mentioning names, but I mentioned about a young lad uh, from the Lions, so I said I think he'd make it um, into the Lions squad, and I was going to put him forward, but I didn't need to. He's not signed. <laughs> He's signed for the Broncos. So, you know, that's uh, that's a massive accolade for them down there. Uh, I also had Jamie, another lad signed for Coventry. And another lad signed for Coventry as well. So two of my Midlands boys signed for Coventry Bills uh, and one signed for London uh, Broncos. And that shows that the so, programme's working, doesn't it? Well, again, the lad in, in question who's Jake the fullback, he got picked up uh, off the gate on, on being broadcast, you see. And uh, they, they had another look at him and yeah, they took him, they signed him. Brilliant. He's not even a trial, they signed him. So he's in uh, semi pro football, man. It's good that, isn't it? That's that sort of like, but that, that is kind of what, what you're in it for, isn't it? You're, you're you're giving players opportunity to to progress in the game, aren't you? Well, again, it's all about opportunity, isn't it? At the end of the day, it, as I said before, it's a reward and recognition program. It rewards people for the loyalty to the, to the local community club, but in reality, it it, it puts you in the shop window, mm. and if you can take that opportunity at that time, you know. And I can I can rhyme quite a few names off in giving second chances by going through the lineups. And I think I mentioned to you before, you know, Liam Burney's playing Super League rugby now. He was part of my under 17 lineups what went on the tour three years ago. Uh, and they came back, and, you know, this lad was playing at Canazed Rhinos. He was 16 in the open age and would never got stated by anybody. And all of a sudden they turned up, and, you know, one of the coaches, Garrett, but Marnie was also on the assistant coach on tour, said, you know, I'll have a word with, with uh, William when I get back. And I asked him the Lions coach to put him into the Lions program first. Uh, Peter Williams at the time. And Peter said, yeah, send him down this weekend. <laughs> 24 hours later, I said, too late, he's already signed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, the Lions does pick up on different nuggets. You know, Josh Rock, another lad from North West, um, banks and banks of ability. So got him onto the tour program, got him into the line for 2020, and then all of a sudden, bang, he signed at Salford. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he's off the tour now because obviously, once he's signed, he's kind of done his job, give someone else a go, and uh, suddenly, two of them are going to let in and give him a chance. But yeah, 
Jeff Tinder a couple of years ago, you know, he ended up being promoted for life when I went to New Zealand. 